Hi, you found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of our favorite ordinary things in this extraordinary time of global quarantine are FaceTiming with long-distance friends, the smell of fresh sheets, and all those overdue library books I have that have now had their fines waived. <laughs> and Lisa Joe, mine are headphones, four pairs on four kids, the internet, which is keeping us connected, and my seedlings, my baby seeds under grow lights in the basement. Friends, may you find joy in today's conversation. Get comfy. Here we go. Okay, this next conversation is part of a fun series we're excited to share with you all. In these days of quarantine and cabin fever, we want to help you and ourselves see our homes less like places where we are trapped with frighteningly low supplies of toilet paper and more like places of refuge and welcome for ourselves and others we love. <laughs> this is the home series, stories from our favorite rooms in the house. We hope this series offers you new ways to see your space and a fresh appreciation for all the magic that lives within your ordinary walls. No matter how tired, frazzled, or frustrated you might feel today, take the next half hour to exhale as we remind you how awesome your home and all its stories really are. Today, we're telling stories from the bedroom. That sounds a lot more interesting than I think it's going to be. <laughs> I actually did lie in bed last night and wonder, huh, what stories will we share from the bedroom? And then I was like, no, we'll keep it PG. Don't worry. <laughs> but I can tell you, I was in my bedroom last night when I pulled up my phone and I've just had an overwhelming sense of homesickness for Maplehurst. Christy, like Aww. how long has it been since we sat across from one another on the third floor in the attic and recorded. Do you remember? I can't even I remember. Don't. But it has been the longest absence since starting the podcast for sure. It's wild to me. And one of my favorite things about coming to Maplehurst is climbing up the stairs with my luggage to the third floor to the cozy little bedroom up there that I always used to stay in. And it's, you know, it's used to be the servants' quarters. So the bathroom always makes me laugh because there's no shower and it has that tiny little tub like that's big enough to fit maybe a preteen child, but not really an adult. But right. I always take a bath in it late at night after we've stayed up late talking. And I always go up there and you always have bath salts and I put them in and I sit with my knees scrunched up with all the bubbles. And it also has that tiny... Uh, ceiling that comes down at an angle above your head. So if you stand up straight too quickly, you'll hit your head on it. Ask me how I know this. <laughs> but it's this private, cozy little space. And so last night when I was lying in my bedroom here in Maryland, not in your bedroom in Pennsylvania, and I was homesick for Maplehurst, I actually pulled up my phone and I realized on my Instagram, saved on my Instagram stories, I have all these stories from different trips when I would come and visit you for the podcast. Oh, sure. And I'm not even joking you. I lay in bed and I watched like a movie, <laughs> all Aww. of these different stories. And they made me laugh and smile. Like if you, if anyone's interested, you, you're welcome to go. It's just Lisa Joe Baker. And if you look at my stories, you'll see there are stories called barn prep, barn event, chalk wall, 
podcast recording, Maplehurst, and through all the different seasons too, Christy, of all the times I've visited you. And one of my favorite things on Instagram often is to make videos set to music. So there's like a soundtrack that Maplehurst has now too when I watch these (laughs) videos. And I lay in bed and I was so homesick and I watched videos of Maplehurst and I thought about our listeners and how they are probably homesick for all kinds Mm -hmm. of places too. And there's something about bedrooms that are welcome and refuge, but they're also really intimate. They're the places for our dreams, but also our sorrows. I think about all the tears I've cried into my pillow, the same pillow that I've taken back and forth to Maplehurst with me. (laughs) And if you remember correctly, I ended up leaving there one time. I was so traumatized by it. (laughs) And now my kids always ask me, did you pack your pillow? Is your pillow back in the car? Mom, don't leave it. Don't leave it. But I just think there's something about bedrooms, isn't it, that just in some ways reflects the state of our soul, how we're actually doing. It's the place where we're wearing our comfiest clothes and no makeup and our hair is messy and we say our real thoughts and prayers aloud in the bedroom. And I think for me, in many ways, the bedroom feels like the perfect place to end this series because there's something about the bedroom where we are the truest version of ourselves. And when we started this conversation six weeks ago or so, we were really trying to remind ourselves why home isn't just a place to make us feel claustrophobic in this season, but also a place to be reminded of the stories that live in our walls and how those stories are part of who we are. And being forced to stay home helps us to examine those stories, to pull them out of the wallpaper and unwrap them, so to speak. Um, And like Braille, read those stories and remind ourselves of who we are because of those stories. And so there's definitely a version of me that lives in that top bedroom at Maplehurst. Mm -hmm. Lisa Jo, I have very, let's say, conflicted feelings <laughs> about the story you just told. <laughs> so we've talked about this, but we haven't talked about it at length because it has been so long since you were here. And now actually I can remember that it was deep, dark winter when you were here, here last. And here we are on the cusp of summer. And I know that it was winter because during this winter, we did something pretty important to that little third floor bedroom. Right. We actually gave it to our oldest child. It is no longer a sweet little white wall <laughs> flower blanket guest room. <laughs> it It is um, a teenager's bedroom now. Yes, we did that in the winter, and you haven't been here since. And well, we I don't have. know. We were there last summer, right? For the um, the book launch party, and you had already made the transition then, hadn't you? Or was Kelly no, staying in the bedroom? We then? hadn't. I think. I think maybe you didn't stay in that room that time. Maybe we gave it to someone else. Oh, um, I think maybe your sister was staying in the room then, and yeah. we were in the barn to try to stay in the barn bedroom for the first time. So maybe mm-hmm. I haven't visited since Lily has moved I into the top bedroom. I don't think you have. I don't think you have. It's been it looks too so long. different now. Too long. Yeah. I know. So it's still, it's a special, sweet little space, but now it has um, one of those crazy like galaxy lights. I don't know if that's what they're called, but it's like this little light you plug in and it makes the ceiling look like outer space. Oh, wow. (laughs) It also has some school uniforms hanging, you know, that little um, uh, pole or whatever on the wall for hanging a few clothing items because the room doesn't have a closet, these old old houses. Um, it now has school uniforms hanging there, school uniforms that haven't been worn in a while. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and it does. It belongs to my to my teenager. And that was a big, big decision for us. So um, here's the story there, Lisa Joe. Uh, my daughter, since we moved into this house, so I have four kids and she's my oldest. And when we moved to Maplehurst almost eight years ago, she was nine or almost nine. And we gave her this sweet corner bedroom on the second floor. And she was in there for years. And my boys shared a bedroom. And then Elsa, who was the baby who came along soon after, she had her own space as well. So four kids, the boys sharing a bedroom. And uh, when we moved in, the boys, I was thinking of this recently, Lisa Joe, because you know, these years, gosh, these years between like first, second grade and middle school, high school, things change so quickly. So in just these eight years, I've gone from having two little boys sharing a room with two little toddler beds. Lisa I Jo, remember. toddler it's beds. Wild. I have gone from that eight years ago to a few years of both boys being crammed in there with bunk beds, but the room was so small and with two boys and all their Legos and then <laughs> I school remember things. the Legos. That room was such comfort to me because as a mother who also feels like her son's bedroom is always chaos, just walking up the stairs and peeking into that room was good for my soul. And I actually think Peter one time came downstairs to me and said, you just, you got to just go look at the boys' room. <laughs> and so he was Lisa like, you'll Joe, feel so much better about the rest of the house after you see the boys' bedroom. That's right. Oh, that room would drive me crazy. And so all of our family bedrooms then were on this little second floor landing. So my bedroom door was right next to the boys' bedroom door. Oh, yeah. So I would see what was happening in there all the time. <laughs> and we tried so hard to help them organize it, but it was getting to a point where they were just too big. Right. They were just, they're just big boys now. My son, oh, Lisa Joe, this was his last week of school. He is now, I told him today for the first time, he is officially a high schooler. That's insane. That's going to be Jackson too. He gets yeah. done on Tuesday and he is going to be a high school. schooler. How did this happen to us? What is going on? So so that room, I, I would see the chaos. And Lisa Joe, this is what happened. It just got to be too much for me. Right. My boys were handling it. They were okay. <laughs> they don't care. That's the <laughs> thing about care. boys. You know, it was a little hard for my, my older son who's going to high school because he's such an introvert and he really craves alone time. But, you know, we have other spaces where he could find that. Um, so they could have kept on sharing that room, but I couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so I started a campaign to move my teenager, my oldest, upstairs and let the boys now have their own space. Mm. And then, of course, Elsa continuing in her room. So I'm the one who started that. But I, before I even mention it to them, I puzzled over it in my head because that third floor bedroom has been our sacred guest room right. for all these years. I mean, I feel like it belongs more to you I feel that than way it too. does to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like our family has clocked the most hours in that bedroom. Oh, like, yeah. Peter and easily. I have slept there. I mean, we slept in that the first time we ever stayed there, Zoe wasn't even a year old yet. Do you remember oh, that? We had a pack and yes. play in that bedroom yeah. with her. Like, that's insane. Every one of our children has puked in that bedroom, Christy. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. Peter and I, like, would try to be in that bedroom, and then, like, a toddler would end up with us. And then, I don't know if you remember this, Peter would end up getting up in the middle of the night and going to sleep in your office where there's that, like, yes. <laughs> day bed. And I would end up in bed with, like, a bunch of children, like... <laughs> That bedroom has served so many purposes for the bakers over the years, but I 
I think that's what's so beautiful about you and your placemaking is recognizing that the place is for your people. (laughs) Yeah. You have to continue to invite your people into these places deeper and deeper. And how special for Lily, because I will say this, when you first told me that you were moving Lily into that room and I... (laughs) Your message you left for me was so dear. It was very tentative. Like I almost felt like you were apologizing to me for taking my bedroom. And I was like, well, Christy, it is her house. Like she's she's aware that it's her house. She does not owe me an explanation. But my first experience, of course, was that instinct of like, oh, so many days I've spent up there. But of course, you have the barn now and we've stayed there and it's yeah. such a wonderful space. Yeah. But you know what my second moment was when you told me that? the sense of like secret teenage delight for Lily. And the reason why is that my father, when I came home from traveling overseas in between high school and college in a very difficult season of my life where my mom had passed away and my dad had had like a shotgun remarriage to a stranger, which is its own story. The one thing he did right is he realized his teenage daughter coming home would need some space of her own. And on his property, there's this tiny little stone cottage. Cottage is a generous word. It's like one room, okay? But it's made of stone and it has a little half loft up at the top and a tiny bathroom. And he brought me home to that room. And it has that room is like the holder of my fondest teenage memories, my coming of age memories, the space of discovering my own independence and decorating and staying up too late and reading books in the bathtub, like all of these things I remember. Mm -hmm. And so when you told me about Lily moving up to the third floor and claiming it as her own, really that truly was my second reaction. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, Lily's getting her own stone cottage. Like every teenage girl needs a sacred space like that. And it brings me such joy to know (laughs) that that she's there now, especially because we get the whole giant barn now when we come over. So, you know, I'll settle. (laughs) Well, that's really what what pushed me over the edge is I, we had the barn finished. And at this point, we can still welcome guests here without that bedroom. Sure. So that's when I realized, okay, I think this is possible. We have the barn, we can put people there. And I didn't realize until she was moved up and Thaddeus had moved into his bedroom, which just, you know, for our listeners here who don't know my son, let me just tell you, this just encapsulates Thaddeus, your sweet (laughs) Thaddeus, who takes after his mom in so many ways. Thaddeus decided on a Scottish castle theme for his bedroom. Are you joking me right now? Are you kidding me? Oh my God. No. He wanted it to look like a... Baronial library in a Scottish castle. Oh my word! With plaid, he's still looking for a leather armchair. Oh my gosh! How, is he a sixty-year-old man on the inside? Like what on earth? Because it's like the girliest room ever when Lily was in there. Yeah, no longer. Dull oh my goodness! And pink curtains and the right. four-poster bed. <laughs> it's very different now. But when when the kids were in their rooms, I felt like this. Like I could breathe deeply. I felt it was it was a it was absolutely this physical feeling. It was so visceral and physical that I told Jonathan, this is how I'm feeling. It felt like my body was breathing deeply, and I, f- I had this physical sense that my family had sp- had was filling the home. and it mm. felt so right and it felt so good. and it filled me with such gratitude for this house that continues to be such a blessing to me and to others. And I thought of this tagline that comes from Scripture, 
that I have always said about this place. I have written it. I've put it in books. (laughs) I have always said this about this place, but it had stopped. I had stopped understanding it or I had stopped Hmm. feeling the truth of it. I had stopped living the truth of it, I think. But the tagline is this, a spacious place. Hmm. I've always said that Maplehurst is a spacious place. So it comes from David. It comes from the Psalms where David says of the Lord, He brought me out into a spacious place in Psalm 18. He rescued me because he delighted in me. So I've always said that about Maplehurst. It's a spacious place. But I hadn't felt that in who knows how long. And so I was feeling this after the kids were in the rooms. And I turned to John and I I was telling him, I feel like, like I'm breathing deeply. I feel like this house just... Like we're filling it in some way that we're supposed to. And then I realized it really is a spacious place. And it's a spacious place for me and my family. Yeah, And that's what I hadn't accepted in a long time. I had gotten used to this idea that it is a spacious place for other people. It's not really mine. It belongs to other people. I share it with other people. We're all about hospitality. We're all about the guests. And all of that is true. And yet... This house is a good gift from God for me as well and for my kids as well. And oh, I just still, I can just go back to that feeling of inhabiting the house in a new and deeper way that was beyond just physically spreading out. And it felt so right and so good. And I could not have known then that we would have these months ahead of us. Right. That's being at home. I mean, that's just what I was thinking. If ever there was a time for a spacious place and hospitality for your own family, how wild that you started those preparations having no idea. I know. I know. I can hardly believe it. So many times I've said, John, aren't you glad we did that? (laughs) Aren't you glad? Because our kids, of course, have really needed their own space. We've needed our, our bedroom, you know, for ourselves more than ever. And um, and yet we'd already done the work. We'd already prepared. The decision had all already been made. And I have to say, it has allowed me to postpone the inevitably slightly painful moment when I welcome you back and I don't bring you up to the third floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it since I've already stayed at the barn a few times now and love good, it. Good. And my children, as we know, are ecstatic about sleeping in the barn loft. It's their favorite thing. So I think they were the first people to sleep up there before there was ever, there's no furniture. Do you remember that? They just yeah, camped they out were. with like duvets yeah. and pillows in that room. Yep. And mm-hmm. I also, my children are not shy about owning, like ownership over what they <laughs> believe is their spacious place at Maplehurst. So they moved in quite happily. And when we talk about coming to see you again, they're like, and we'll be at, we'll be in our barn. Yes. And like your barn. <laughs> okay. Sure. I love it. That is so great. (laughs) But it is true about making room for our own families. And it's an interesting thing. What you're saying reminds me of a question Zoe asked me recently. So before we started today's conversation, I asked you, are you, do your kids like still sleep in your room a lot? And you were like, hmm, like no more than usual. <laughs> like the epidemic hasn't changed anything. And like, in <laughs> essence, no, like my youngest, maybe. But at our house, I don't know what it is, but some there's something about our bedroom that just is this place everybody gravitates to if they've had a bad dream or they're too hot at night. Like they'll get up and be like, I'm so hot. Your bedroom's cool. Can I sleep in here? And I'm like, no, you can't. What are you talking about? And so often, Zoe is the queen of this. Like she will stealthily come in and just grab as she passes through the living room, she'll grab up all the cozy blankets we have on the sofas and bring them and make herself a bed on the floor. 
And she's so good at it now. She doesn't even wake us up. Like I'll wake up in the morning and there's this cocoon of a child at the foot of a bed. And let's just say like, we all know what bedrooms can be used for, for married couples. And there've been a few times where we've woken up in the morning and very glad we noticed she was there because there's a a beat there where we were like, wait, is there a child in here? And then we were like, oh, we had once where she was like, "Uh, mom and dad. Yeah, I am here. So there you go. That's still keeping it PG, right? So she is, and sometimes the way I know is that it's funny how I don't wake up because of the sound because she's very quiet, but the lighting changes. Have you ever woken up because there's something like there's a shift in light, something gets Mm -hmm. brighter. And so she will have on like the living room light and she'll come down the hall, but then she won't close the hall door. So the light is now like coming down to the bedroom. So I always know if I wake up at night and there's light coming down the hallway, it means she's in the bedroom. So she just, she doesn't apologize for it. She thinks it's completely normal. And I will say my teenage boys have done the same occasionally. It seems to me a bit much. I'm not sure why everybody feels the need to end up in the bedroom. (laughs) But Zoe said such an interesting thing. This is the question she asked me. She said, Mom, when you were a kid, did you used to have bad dreams and sleep in your parents' room all the time? And that question really kind of took my breath away because it occurred to me the answer to that was no. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, no, not under any circumstances. Like if you valued your life, you did not wake up my father in the middle of the night. He was a very busy doctor. He was on call a lot. And so sleep was a very precious commodity. Also, he had a raging temper, which I have shared about (laughs) at other times. So trust me when I tell you, you did not want to wake that man up in the middle of the night. And her eyes got really big when I said that. And I described to her the way a memory can kind of hit you, you know, like a wave out of the blue, just splashing into your face and you're choking on salt, salt water and your eyes are watering. And I said to her, you know, actually I have very clear memories of lying in bed after having had a terrible nightmare and wanting to wake up my parents, but being too afraid and knowing I couldn't go and knock on their door. And I would lie in bed under the sheets and I would just go like this, mom, mom, hoping that God would help my mother (laughs) to hear my voice. And I remember one time, only once, where she did, and she came to find me, and I told her how scared I was. And growing up in South Africa, very rarely do the homes have air conditioning. It's not really humid. It's kind of more like California. But it was a hot South African night, and she would do this beautiful thing to soothe me back to sleep. She would take my sheet and just fan it. You know, if you flip a sheet up in the air and it gets filled with air, and then she would let it settle down on me over and over again saying she loved me and I didn't need to be scared, but be quiet. We don't want to wake dad up. (laughs) And Zoe was so horrified. Her eyes got so big and she's like, so you never slept in your parents' bed? And I was like, no, never. I have zero memory of that, ever doing that. Never would I have been welcome. Never would I have gone in there. And she said, really? Like, Opa's like that even now? Opa's so nice now. And I said, no, no, actually, interestingly enough, after my mom passed away and my dad had married the woman that we love very much now. They've adopted kids. If you know anything about adoption, you know attachment parenting is so important as part of the adoption process. And my, my, did God come in and shatter all expectations for sleep my father had ever had. And now whenever we visit, there's always at least two children sleeping in there. Some kid has got a bed on the floor. My dad often tells the story about his little one, his youngest, Mo, when she was potty training when she was about two 
two or three in the morning, she had slept in the bed between him and Vanda. And as she was waking up, he said he kind of snuggled her up and was holding her. And she and he describes it like this. Her sweet, warm little body was pressed up against me. And I realized, though, she probably, we need to take her to the potty right away. And I just whispered gently into her ear and said, Momo, honey, do you need to go potty? Do you need to, do you need to make a pee-pee? And Mo said, yes, Papa. And then she just did in the bed <laughs> all over him. <laughs> and he was so sweet. He's like, I just felt that warmth that was way more than it had been just seep all over me. <laughs> and he said, I realized it was my fault because I had not been clear about how we should get out of the bed to go potty. And I was able to tell that story to Zoe and say, that's the thing about God, Zoe, when he moves into our lives in this dramatic way that he did in my father's life. He moves into every nook and cranny, including your bed and your Mm. bedroom. And it's why at our house now, I think for me, as much as I can be annoyed at being woken up throughout the night when my children are way past that age, there's something in my spirit, though, that's so grateful that my bed is considered hospitable, that it's a place Mm. that the bedroom is a safe place, that no matter how old my kids are, they will stumble through in the darkness and make themselves bed on the floor or sometimes crawl into bed with us still, even if it's just for a little while. Like They'll be like, I just had a bad dream. I just need to snuggle. And I'm like, okay. And then we <laughs> snuggle them and then they feel like they <laughs> they must get this from me. They feel they need to like basically share all the details of the dream to feel better. So I remember <laughs> one night telling Micah, I was so delirious. And I was like, buddy, are you okay? Like, do you, do you need to tell me? And he goes, I mean, mom, like... If you'd like to hear, this is like two in the morning, okay? Like he knew how tired I was. And I was like, sure, I would love to hear. And then he regaled me with the dream. <laughs> and then he was peaceful and went back to bed and fell asleep. And I'm lying there now, like wide awake because of it. But man, to have a space that feels that welcoming. And, you know, my dad, when when I had come home from overseas and he'd welcomed me into that little cottage that was mine, I remember at night, the one thing he did when I was a teenager and then even into my 20s, he would walk me back to the bedroom and he would stand outside the window I'd wave to him and he'd walk back down to the main house, but he would sing to me. And my dad has a terrible voice, okay? <laughs> terrible. And so do I, but I'm going to share with you. He would sing to me and I don't even know where this comes from. I should look it up. He'd sing that song, you know, Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. (laughs) Good night, sweetheart. Well, I love you so. And he would walk down the steps singing the Good Night, Sweetheart song to me. And it's funny, you know, just the other night, Zoe had asked Pete and I to tuck her in. And before I knew it, there we were standing in her bedroom singing some bizarre made-up doo-wop song because Peter is the king of that while she lay in bed just beaming at us. (laughs) Like that was her birthright to be serenaded by both of her parents. (laughs) And she lay in bed and just gave this huge sigh and said, I just love my family. (laughs) And I thought, you know, that's what the bedroom does. It's that place where... You are the most accepted and welcome if you are welcomed into somebody's bedroom. And I think, Christy, that's why Maplehurst has always felt like ours, because you welcomed us into those spaces so much that we had a sense of ownership in the Mm -hmm. way that my kids feel welcome in my bedroom. You made that kind of space for us. And how amazing that in these pandemic days, we continue to have this beautiful, unique opportunity to let our children feel welcomed and safe Mm -hmm. in the most intimate space in our house. 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think that's why I'm a placemaker. That's why I've been so grateful. And why actually all those years ago, John and I went deliberately looking for an old house Mm. because an old house, a very old house, we knew would have lots of bedrooms. Mm. Unlike a new house. So we didn't go looking for a a big house (laughs) because big houses today put their space into the great room or um, the big open kitchen or things like that. But old houses, families were larger or even modest families might have some farm workers or servants living with them. And so we went looking for an old house because we knew it would have lots of bedrooms and we wanted to share those bedrooms and even wanted specifically, you know, if we could have someone live with us. And we did for a couple of years. We had our wonderful dear Julie who cared for Elsa while I was writing Roots and Sky and lived up here on the third floor. And that was such a gift. And that was a dream come true. But it was all about the bedrooms. Gosh, I hadn't even thought of that till just now. This whole Maplehurst dream (laughs) really (laughs) began with our search for bedrooms, for more bedrooms to share. And so it's been kind of wild for me and full circle to recognize that now these bedrooms are blessing me and my children in ways that I hadn't ever asked for or anticipated. I assumed we would always cram up and share our bedrooms so that we would have more space for other people. And yet this year, it hasn't been that way. And then of course, you know, two more years maybe, and my teenager is out of the house possibly. Hard Um, to imagine. And so then again, the bedrooms will will be opened up. But for now, it's, it's just such a good, good thing to spread out into this this spacious place. You know, Christy, as our resident placemaker, (laughs) our placemaker host and teacher and guide and Sherpa and pilgrim, (laughs) I feel like as we round off the series on stories from home, we need to end with a reading from Placemaker, the ultimate book Mm -hmm. about appreciating the stories that linger in the walls of our homes. And since I haven't been able to be at Maplehurst in person, I feel like Maplehurst needs to get the final word. And I would love if you shared something from home for all of us. Okay, okay. I've got a copy on my desk, flipping pages. I love that you asked. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's crazy that I have written about this old house of mine in two books now. But Placemaker, the book, isn't just about this house, but all the places I've lived. And, um, you know, like the series we've been doing, it really was meant to help people see their own places with new eyes, even the places that feel hard. places where, you know, they're maybe not content or it's hard to put down roots. So one thing I write about in Placemaker is how Maplehurst, since coming here, is always in process, right? It's never finished. Mm. (laughs) It's always in flux. And so I was, you know, one question I ask in the book, if the places we make are meant to be shared, can we share them even while they're in flux? Mm. Um, If we plant a tree to hold a hammock or shade a table, what do we do while we wait for that tree to grow? That's a question I ask. And I say here about Maplehurst, and I think, I think this is really relevant to our conversation. I say, Maplehurst is in between, and it is in process. Hmm. Places, like the lives we live in them, are neither fixed nor permanent. Even land can flow like a river or stream, like the passing of time. Gosh, that is more true than ever. Mm. more true than ever. And I'm I'm grateful. It's hard. Change is not easy. I mean, I was about to cry earlier when I was remembering those two toddler beds and my boys who are so big and grown now. 
but it's good too. It's good. It, it's life-giving like a river and places can be that way. They can, they can flow in that way, pour abundant life into our hearts. And I think that's my hope for this whole season of stories we've been telling from rooms of our homes that um, with new eyes to see, people are able to receive their places, receive their rooms, like receiving fresh water and new life. That's my hope. And that is what I have, I have experienced here at, here at Maplehurst and, and here in these many, many bedrooms. <laughs> well, I'm grateful to experience it in my own home, but I will be especially grateful to experience it in person at Maplehurst again. I can't wait to have you back. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link.